So Money Episode 14, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. This is Ask Farnoosh. Ask me a question, whatever you want. I'll try to answer it. Hop on to somoneypodcast.com, click on Ask Farnoosh, and submit your biggest, baddest question about money, career, uh, family, life, a previous guest, guests you'd like to see. And I'm excited to see that a lot of your questions are coming in. You're listening to my directions, and the questions are fantastic. We have a lot to get through, and for help, I've invited back my younger brother, Todd Tarabi. Todd, how's it going? It's going well, Farnoosh. Todd uh, recently purchased Super Bowl tickets. How money is that? Well, I mean, not very responsible, but <laughs> it will be a great life experience, and uh, this has been a dream for me to, to attend the Super Bowl and finally ha- saved money to do that. So I'm excited. Well, I, I'm excited about it too. You know, I feel like it's to someone else that could sound completely irresponsible and oh, absurd that you would spend, you know, $1,000 on Super Bowl tickets. <laughs> right. <laughs> but this is your jam. This is your thing. And I know that you're going to be smart about it. Once you get back, you're going to obviously have to find trade-offs and, and find ways to, you know, make ends meet with that potential hole now in your budget. And I, you've actually done what I prescribe in my very first book called You're So Money, which is that, look, in your 20s and and ever after, at some point you have to become an adult and figure out what it is that you actually want to do with your life and your money. And guess what? You're not going to want to do everything. You you may feel like you want to do everything, but you really don't. And, And there's like three, four things that are really special to us. And for you, it's Perhaps um, these kinds of experiences, you know, having mm-hmm. the budget to go and celebrate your favorite team at the Super Bowl or go on a vacation because you really, that's important to you. For other people, it might be sport equipment. For other people, it might be, um, I don't know, uh, golf, golf or, yeah. or whatever, yeah. whatever your thing or couple of things are. I feel like that's how you should prioritize your budget and everything else, I'm sorry to say won't make it, won't make the cut. And that's just something that you're going to have to be okay with. It's not a sacrifice. It's a trade-off. If you can think of it like that, I think you're going to be a lot happier with your decisions. So good for you. Enjoy the game. Take lots of selfies and bring your business cards because I feel like, and because we should yeah. mention you're going by yourself. <laughs> so, um, which is also really awesome because I could never do something like that. So just make sure you bring business cards because whoever is sitting next to you at the Super Bowl probably is important. <laughs> no, I <laughs> or has I, I'm money. <laughs> I'm gonna. I might even dress up for this game. I, I, you know. Who's this uh, weird 24 year old in a suit <laughs> at the Super Bowl? Well, have a have a blast. Um, in the meantime, let's get to work. Let's help people with their questions. What's the first uh, one we've got? Okay, so Zoraida. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his or her name right, but. 
they said, I have a customized whole life insurance and I pay $207 monthly. I don't have children yet and I just got let go at work. Am I wasting my money? So this is um, unfortunately not an unusual situation. I find that people who buy into whole life insurance policies often end up regretting that and because they're very expensive. Uh, in fact, um, I recall a study that found that 20%, 20% of whole life policies get canceled in like the first three years and 40% get canceled within the first decade because people cannot keep affording the premiums. And the premiums are a lot more money than term life insurance. So just a real quick like 101 on whole versus term. Whole life insurance covers your entire life. And there's also a, an, a savings component, an investing component to that that you can tap. It's expensive. They're, the fees are high. Think about it. If you're going to get insurance for your entire life, no matter what, it's not going to be cheap. And then there's term life insurance, which is just like it sounds. It's for a term or for a period. And so you may get it starting now until you estimate up to your children are of you know 18 or 21, because a lot of people like to cover, have insurance in case something happens to them, God forbid, and they want to be able to support their families until their children are you know of an age where they can perhaps finish college or start a job and start making their own money. And that's far more affordable. And so, you know, if she's already feeling like this is out of her control, out of her ability to afford, I would say cut your losses now. And hopefully you've just started making these payments and you haven't been paying them in, you know, for decades because at that point, you know, it's just all that money will be lost. If this is something that you've just opened and you're starting to have, you know, a second, second thoughts about it, perhaps consider cutting your losses and looking into term life insurance, which is a lot more affordable. I think, um, you know, if it's, uh, if you're saying your thirties, you're healthy, you don't smoke, you can take out a policy starting now. And for the next 20 years, and you're looking at like at most $250 a year, whereas, you know, whole life insurance can be thousands of dollars a year. So I'm not a life insurance expert. I'm not certified to give advice in the life insurance space, but I would just say friend to friend, if you're starting to really get uh, overwhelmed by this, then yes, maybe it's time to cut your losses. Mm -hmm. Good answer. Uh, We can move on to the next question. It's from Courtney. She asks, what's the number one mistake you think small businesses make with their money planning slash budgeting? Hmm. It's a, you know, I can only speak for myself. I don't really work with a lot of small business owners. I would say it's not making sure that your personal financial life is in order before you start to embark on taking risks for your small business. So, you know, we hear a lot a lot about people who started a business and they sold everything they had and they lived in their cars and they quit their jobs and they bootstrapped it. And I feel like we only hear about those stories when that entrepreneur strikes it big. And then they can proudly say, well, I lived in my car for two years. <laughs> and uh, look at me now, I'm the, you know, I'm a majillionaire, but I don't think that that should be the aspiration, sell everything and become vulnerable, financially vulnerable in your personal life 
in order to support a business idea. I think that there needs to be some balance and you need to be smart about how you're managing your money in your personal life. So uh, what is the biggest mistake? It's probably not having your financial basis covered in your personal financial life before embarking on a small business venture. I think you want to absolutely try to have at least a six-month savings cushion at least, if you're going to plan on maybe transitioning out of your job to start this business, you're going to need money. You're going to need money just for the basics. The other thing I would say is make sure that you're not in debt before starting your own business. Um, because as we know, when you start your own business, sometimes you have to leverage. Sometimes you might take out a loan to support your business. And you don't want to be worried about other kinds of loans on another, your plate. Another, another thing is what I've read a lot about in books and just from talking to people is that a lot of people who start businesses tend to do too much, uh, too much of the work themselves. So with money planning and budgeting, maybe give that to a professional, to someone who does this for a living. And, you know, it might cost you some money up front, but, you know, you, you save a lot of time and you're getting professional advice and you yes. can potentially save money in the long run because you're making I- good decisions, you know. I like that. That's a good point. And I did that, you know, getting a bookkeeper or getting someone to help you with your taxes, getting someone to perhaps um, set up a retirement account for you because, you know, you don't have that necessarily now with uh, being an entrepreneur, um, making sure that you have your health insurance. Um, So yes, getting your financial house in order and getting the people that could potentially help you get that in order outsourcing it worth every penny, because that means that just frees up your time and your focus to work on your business, which is really what we all want to be doing. Yep, definitely. Okay, good so question. that was a really good question. Yeah, I agree. So James asks, uh, he says, Farnoosh, how can you tell if an online job is legit? Where can I find safe online work? Lots of people want to know how to generate income online, and I don't blame them because uh, you know incomes have been pretty stagnant over the last decade, more than a decade. So it's it's mm. you know important to be buffering our incomes. But that said, there are a lot of scams online. So how do you differentiate what's real, what's fake? And if I would say if it sounds too good to be true, it is. And you should follow your gut. And But more than that, if you maybe aren't sure, quick thing, just go online, type in the name of the employer or the company and the word scam. And if anything pops up, and some, a lot of times they, you know, it may then you have your answer. Go to the Better Business Bureau and type in the name of the company and see if anything has come up there. A lot of times when there are incidences where a company is um, not being uh, good to its employees or its customers or there have been reports of scams, the Better Business Bureau is a place where people report them. So you can usually find out through them, bbb.org. And I would also say that If there's any kind of job opportunity that, as part of the application, requires you to hand over any kind of personal financial information, like a bank account number, oh, we have to pay you, so give us your bank account and routing number, or your social security number, and close that window. (laughs) Get out of that site that you do not want to be in business with these people because they should not be needing that information at this stage if they're just kind of still in the offering stages of of the work. Um, Sites that I do like for finding part-time freelance work, odesk.com, elance.com, taskrabbit.com. I just hired a taskrabbit 
to come to my apartment to pick up all my copies of the Tony Robbins book that I gave mm-hmm. away. As many of you know, I gave away 20 free copies of Tony Robbins' new book, Money Master the Game, to those who left a review on iTunes and then told me that they left a review on iTunes. So I have finalized the winners, but guess what? It's 20 big, heavy books <laughs> that have to go out to 20 different addresses. One person's in Australia, one person's in Canada, one person's in Pennsylvania. So I don't have time for this. So I go on TaskRabbit. I find somebody who does have time for this and is, I'm going to pay her $25 an hour, uh, on top of, you know, whatever it costs to ship these things. And, um, for her, you know, she'll probably be doing five or six or seven tasks like this a week and make a few hundred dollars on top of whatever else she's doing. So TaskRabbit's great. If you are educated in a particular subject, speak another language, and feel confident to teach this to someone else, you can tutor. And there are sites online that can help you set up a sort of classroom with other students. Yeah, Skillshare. Mm -hmm. I was going to say tutor.com. So the you know go on my site go to farnoosh.tv I've done articles on this just type in you know um, part-time jobs or freelance and you'll find a number of articles I've probably written about this topic with some really legit websites to help you generate income and I hope you do because it's a great way to kind of experiment with freelancing and maybe you'll find something that you're really passionate doing and um, eventually maybe that becomes what you do full-time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially Skillshare. I know a lot of people that do that full-time. What is so, that exactly? I'm not familiar with Skillshare. It's like teaching classes. So you can do uh, a lot of them are video courses. So, you know, like you can start teaching a subject or give advice or whatever. And it's in the form of videos. Uh, it's really cool. You should you should check it out. I mean, there's, there's a lot. Hmm. I, mean, I don't you, have you, time. You, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's a lot of people who have a certain expertise in something, you know, and this is a really good outlet for that. Cool, so, cool. Yeah. Anyway, so the next question is from, uh, let's see, Esther, and she asks, what are the best ways to save when planning an engagement party? Mm, an engagement party. I'd ever had an engagement Engage. Well, I guess I had an engagement party. We went out to dinner with some family. It was really casual. I mean, it depends on like sort of what you're you're going for. Are you going for a big engagement party, a small engagement party? I, or, you know, fancy, not fancy, restaurant, home-based. I guess it just really depends. I would say the first thing you want to do is figure out what the heck is your budget. This is the thing about weddings. There's like there's the wedding cost, and there's all these other costs outside the wedding. There's the engagement party. There's the bachelor party, the bachelorette party. There's the showers. There are, you know, um, all the luncheons clothing. you might have, the yeah. clothing, the bridesmaid dresses, like the gifts. So whether you're attending a wedding, in the wedding, the bride, the groom, it, there are so many ancillary costs outside of just like the band and the food and the venue. And so I would say be very conservative because if this is just the first of potentially many episodes of partying and celebrating and leading up to the wedding, you want to make sure that you prioritize your income and your budget um, to have enough for what really matters. And don't blow it all on this engagement party. Um, an engagement party usually is just a... Uh, a gathering of immediate friends and family. You don't. You're not inviting like your coworkers to this. You know, it's it's just something that is a little potentially more private, more intimate. 
to celebrate this uh, engagement and you can do something like a brunch that wouldn't be as cost uh, costly as maybe doing a dinner where then you've got to get wine and maybe something more meaty and like courses uh, but a brunch you could just do bagels you know you could do something really simple and um you could make a cocktail one cocktail punch you could have people bring things you know people love to uh, I, ha- I have found that when you're celebrating a wedding or a, an engagement or a baby, that people want to be a part of the experience and give and share. And so don't hesitate to make it um, a potluck. And don't think that that's like, you know, not fancy enough because you can do a themed potluck. You could, you, you know, there's a lot of ways to make it unique and special and cost efficient. Don't go crazy on, you know, decorations just do maybe like um yeah. small flowers just keep it simple i find that the, the more simple it is the better and this is again this is only the beginning of what may be many many more celebrations and honeymoon honey like there's a lot that you're gonna have to yeah. shell out potentially as you are on the way to getting married be conservative and uh and that's it and do an evite you know, paperless posts. Don't be making printing out invitations. It's totally unnecessary these days, especially for something like an engagement party. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Okay, I think so... we have time for one more question. I think I've been chewing your ear off, Todd, but these are <laughs> such good questions. I can't help but, you know, give kind of long-winded answers here, but... No problem. <laughs> okay, so this actually, this person actually has no name. I don't know. So oh. It's from Anonymous. But it's a good Mysterious. question. He or she asks, hey, Farnoosh, my husband and I are trying to cut out about $200 a month on groceries. Mm-hmm. Any out-of-the-box advice you could give us? I actually just talked about this. Ooh, I like this question. So, hmm, I, I, yes, I have, a, I have a really interesting tip. Um, cash back mobile applications. So I feel like these days, if you want to save money, there's an app for it. And... I have found that in trying to save money on groceries, there are a number of new free mobile applications. I'll give you some of the names. Saving Star, Ibotta, and Snap by Groupon. So if you've got a, mm-hmm. a mobile phone, a smartphone, you can usually find these for free, download them. And what they allow you to do is you first just go grocery shopping, get what you need, try to... Um, save while you're at the grocery store, maybe buy in bulk, get things on sale, use your coupons, whatever. Then you come home and you go onto one of these apps and you will find that maybe you can get 50 cents cash back for the bananas, a dollar back for the Dan and yogurt, uh, 75 cents back for the Poland spring water. And so you go through and they've got hundreds and hundreds of items updated daily that they are offering cash back for. And how do you redeem it? You either scan the barcode of the product that you bought or you take a, a picture of the itemized receipt with that item. Because mm-hmm. sometimes things like apples don't have barcodes. So you just maybe have to show that you bought apples. And what I like about these apps is that they reward you for shopping healthy. Like coupons sometimes, you know, the coupons are for things that are processed and you don't really necessarily get a coupon for buying, you know, organic bananas or anything right. like that. So it 
if you do it this way, you go and you shop and you get what you need, you come home, you look at these apps, you find where you, where you can maybe get some cash back. And interestingly enough, I asked one of the companies, I called up Snap by Groupon, and I said, well, how much can we really save with this? I mean, is it really worth my time? And the guy estimated that if you use these apps frequently, like every time you go grocery shopping, you can save a potentially $200 a year. So that's good. That's, that's really good. That's not bad. I mean, it's just basically, it takes like five minutes probably to, to go through your grocery list and make sure mm-hmm. maybe you're not missing anything. And um, and I think that's what you wanted to save, like $200. Yeah. I mean, there's there's another app. It's called Shopkick. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. Uh, it's, I think it's actually the most popular app for rewards and deals. Uh, so it's, it's on both... Uh, Android and iOS, and essentially you can walk into stores and it earns you points, and then over time it gives you gift cards. So, and then, you know, the secondary use of it is like when you're walking by in the mall or you walk into a department store or whatever, like Macy's, Best Buy, uh, it, it shoots you different deals that are nearby. So it's really cool. It's, I think it's one of the more popular apps I've heard of, and it's one of the highest rated apps in the App Store, so... I would recommend that one too. Awesome. Well, you're just a fountain of wisdom, Todd. <laughs> no, I'm just a nerd. I'm an app nerd. Okay. I well, just, good. I yeah. need you back on the podcast because um, our generational gap is very helpful mm-hmm. in getting all the information, all, all the good tips. Well, I think that's a wrap. What do you say? I think so too. Okay. Everyone, amazing questions. Thank you for sending them in. I'm sorry if we didn't get to your question, but I'm going to – Uh, transfer some of the questions that I did not get to to the next weekend and um, we'll look forward to more uh, coming through somoneypodcast.com on click on ask Farnoosh. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We've got an amazing lineup of guests coming your way and I appreciate all of the tweets, all of the subscribers, all of the reviews. You guys are just blowing me away and I just I just hope that this podcast is bringing you you know, some daily fun, some daily enlightenment. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Um, you can email me, farnoosh at somoneypodcast.com. You can also go to somoneypodcast.com and submit your question there. So thanks again. Thank you, Todd. Sure, no problem. I hope you have a great time at the Super Bowl. <laughs> Although I'll probably talk to you before you leave. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you back here on the podcast. Everyone else, I hope your day is so money. 